It's time to be equipped for spiritual battle. Defending the Faith is a show to train Christians worldwide to be effective teachers and speakers on the subject of biblical creation so that the next generation can stand firm on biblical truth and defend their faith. Now, here is your host of Defending the Faith, Mike Riddle. Welcome to Defending the Faith. I'm your host, Mike Riddle, and we're coming to you from KBXL 94.1 FM, The Voice. Now, our show again is about teaching on the topics of creation, evolution, and biblical apologetics, or how to defend your faith. We also have a ministry called Creation Training Initiative, or CTI, and you can find us on the web at creationtraining.org. That's all one word, creationtraining.org. Now, last week we talked about, is evolution a fact or a theory? We found out it is neither. It is a philosophy or a model. Our topic today is, is the Big Bang compatible with the Bible? Or another way of saying this is, did God use the Big Bang as part of his creation process there? Well, I'd like to start by bringing up a term called apologetics. Does that mean we're going to apologize? No, it doesn't. What it means is, apologetics comes from the Greek apologia. doesn't mean apologize. It comes from the Greek, apologia means verbal defense. In biblical terms, it means we have a defense or verbal defense for why we believe what's in God's word. Now, is this something Christians should do? The answer is yes. All Christians, now get this, all Christians, all those who call themselves followers of Jesus Christ are commanded, not suggested, but commanded to know and practice apologetics. In other words, God commands us to know how to defend our belief in his word. Where do we find this? Well, let's start with 1 Peter 3.15, where God's word says this, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always. Notice it says, always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that's in you with meekness and fear. So we're told there to always be ready to give a defense for what we believe. Then also in the book of Jude, Verse 3, it states, Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. Notice it says there, contend for the faith. That's where we get our word in English, agonize. We're told to agonize over our faith, not take this lightly. And then also, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 and 5, we read, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, we're told not to be lazy Christians. We're told, as it states in 2 Timothy 2.15, study to show ourselves approved. In addition, Jesus and Paul on many occasions practiced apologetics, defending what they had taught. So should we learn how to defend our faith? The answer is yes, because we're told to obey God's word, and he told us to know how to defend our faith. Well, again, our topic is, is the Big Bang biblical? And we just talked about something called apologetics, which is what we're going to do Because people are trying to tell us that the Big Bang is part of God's creation. Is that true or not? 
Well, what is the Big Bang? Well, it's a secular story about origins. When it was first proposed, it was an attempt to explain how the universe could have been created without God. Now, before we go any further, I want to make it clear that this is not a battle between science and the Bible. Because, first of all, who created all of the scientific principles? God did. He's not in a battle with himself. All science comes through God. It's just that many people have chosen to misinterpret what they see there. But true science will always agree with God's word, and we do not have to change God's word to match what we believe or think we see. Now, the Big Bang is a story about how the universe came into existence. It proposes that billions of years ago, the universe began in a tiny, infinitely hot, dense point. Some people will say the size of a golf ball, size of a of a basketball, no one has an idea. And all the mass and energy to form all the stars, all the galaxies, planets, space, and life were all contained in this tiny ball of mass. So the question is, did God use the Big Bang as part of his creation process? Well, let's examine this question by analyzing three evidences. Number one, let's start with the Bible. What does the Bible teach about creation? Number two, we'll talk about logic, the Bible, and the Big Bang. And number three, we'll talk about science and the Big Bang. So let's go to evidence one, the Bible and creation. What does the Bible teach? Well, the Bible clearly teaches that God created everything in six literal days. Now, how do we know this? Well, first of all, in Genesis 1, God specifically chose the word day. First day, second day, third day, fourth day, fifth day, sixth day. There are other words he could have chosen, but he specifically chose the word day. Now, something very significant here. There is a number with the word day in each case. Well, that happens to occur 410 times in the Old Testament, a number with the word day. And it never, it never means a long period of time. It only means a day. Then God defined the length of his days. He wrote each day with a beginning, definite beginning and definite ending. Evening and morning first day. Evening and morning second day. Evening and morning third day. That always means a day, never a long period of time. And then in the Ten Commandments, Exodus 20, verse 11, commandment number four, God wrote this down. For in six days the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and all is in them. So God put a number of the word day. He defined his days with evening and morning. And then he wrote it down in the Ten Commandments. Folks, that is all the evidence we need that God's days were literal days. But the Big Bang does not teach that. See, the Big Bang says everything took billions of years. Well, right there, the Bible and the Big Bang are not compatible. Also, the Bible teaches the works of God are perfect. We see this in Deuteronomy 32, verse 4, where it states, He is the rock. His work is perfect. Job 36, verse 4 states, For truly my words are not false. One who is perfect in knowledge is with you. Then in Genesis 1.31, God has just finished his six days of creation, and he pronounces it very good or perfect. In other words, God's creation was perfect. But the Big Bang philosophy does not teach that. It teaches the creation full of decay and destruction, not perfect. So there again, the Bible and the Big Bang are not compatible. The Bible also clearly teaches that God created all things. We see this in Genesis chapter 1 that God created everything in six days. But this is not only just taught in Genesis. 
We see this throughout the Bible. We see in Exodus 20, verse 11 again, the fourth commandment teaches that God created all things in six days. We see that God is the creator of all things in the book of Nehemiah, chapter 9, verse 6. Nehemiah 9, verse 6, it states, You alone are the Lord. You have made heaven, the heaven of heavens, with all their hosts, the earth and everything on it, the sea and all that is in them, and you preserve them all. The host of heaven worships you. There again, God created all things. We see it also in Isaiah chapter 42, verse 5, where it states, Thus says God the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread forth the earth that which comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it and spirit to those who walk on it. Jeremiah 32, verse 17. Ah, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. There is nothing too hard for you. Some people seem to forget that nothing is too hard for God. Let's go to John, the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 3, where it states, All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. How about the book of Acts, chapter 4, verse 24? Lord, you are God, who made heaven and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them. How about Ephesians, chapter 3, verse 9? God, who created all things through Jesus Christ. Did you get what that first just said? Jesus Christ is the one who called everything into existence. He's not just our Savior. He's also our Creator. Then let's go to Colossians chapter 1, verse 16. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. And finally, how about the book of Revelation, chapter 4, verse 11. You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. That's pretty plain and simple, folks. God created all things. But if you're believing in the Big Bang, God is not the creator of all things. See, the Big Bang, we're told, is responsible for producing all the galaxies, the stars, and planets. But that is just the opposite of what the Bible teaches. So based on the plain reading of Scripture, is there any doubt that God created all things? This includes all the space, the stars, the galaxies, the planets, and all life. See, there should be no doubt unless we simply do not accept God's Word as our authority. Now you've been listening to Defending the Faith, and I'm your host, Mike Riddle, and we're on KBXL 94.1 FM, The Voice. Now we do have a ministry called Creation Training Initiative, if you're interested. We are here every Saturday at 12 noon. Our mission is to train Christians to speak and teach about biblical creation and apologetics, how to defend your faith. And again, to provide this, we offer training courses, one-day training courses, such as our basic creation training class for teens and above, our one-day advanced creation apologetics for high school and above, where we train you how to talk to scientists without having to know the science. We have a five-day training course called Creation Apologetics Teachers College. We only run that once a year. If you want to know more information, want to find out more, contact us at info, that's I-N-F-O, at creationtraining.org, or you can go to our website, creationtraining.org. That's creationtraining.org. Now let's get back to our topic. Is the Big Bang biblical? 
We've already discussed one topic. One part of that is the Big Bang simply does not agree with what the Bible teaches. So let's go to our evidence too. Logic, the Bible, and the Big Bang. Now in logic, there are laws of logic. And I want to look at one of those laws called the law of non-contradiction. It is one of the basic laws we have in classic logic. Now, what does it state? It states that something cannot be both true and not true at the same time when, when dealing within the same context. For example, a chair in a room cannot be there and not there at the same time. So what I'd like to do is compare and contrast God's order of creation with what the Big Bang proposes. And we're looking at, is the Big Bang compatible with the Bible? Well, let's tell you what the Bible teaches. It teaches that God created the earth on day one and the stars on day four. So the Bible teaches earth was here first, then came the stars. But the Big Bang model proposes that stars evolved first, then came the earth. Those are opposite order. And what does the law of non-contradiction tell us? Two things can't be true at the same time and place. So the Big Bang does not agree with what the Bible teaches there. Also, let's look at some more of God's creation. On day five, he created the flying creatures, the birds. And on day six, the land animals, which are the reptiles. So birds were created before reptiles. But the Big Bang cosmology would propose reptiles were here first, then came birds. They're opposite. The Bible teaches God formed this earth out of a watery mass. But the Big Bang in evolution proposed it started as a hot fireball. Those two are opposite. The Bible teaches that God made the land plants on day three and the sun on day four. But the Big Bang cosmology teaches the sun was here first, then came land plants. The Bible clearly teaches God's creation took six days. The Big Bang model proposes billions of years. Those both can't be true. The Bible teaches man was here first, then came death. Big Bang cosmology would propose death was here first, then came man. And that's critical to understanding the gospel right there, folks. The Bible teaches there is a creator. The Big Bang cosmology says nothing created everything. These two are completely opposite. So is the Big Bang compatible with the Bible? Absolutely not. Both the teachings of the Bible and logic show the Big Bang is not compatible with the Bible. So let's go to our third evidence. Let's take a look at science and the Big Bang. How well does the Big Bang stack up against what we know about science. Well, what you may not have heard from or about is this. The Big Bang does have many scientific problems. Most people are not aware of these problems because they are not mentioned in the textbooks or by the media. Let's take a look at some of these very serious problems with the Big Bang. Number one, how about the origin of the universe? That is a very powerful scientific question. Where did the matter come from to create this universe? Because you can't have something go bang until you have something there that can go bang. So we're not talking about the Big Bang here. We're talking about where did the matter come to even create the Big Bang? And you can't have a Big Bang until there's something there. So according to the Big Bang, we begin with nothing. No galaxies, no stars, no matter, no space. In order for the universe to create itself, it would have to have the power to act before it even existed. How can something have power or energy if it does not exist? That goes beyond any logic or any scientific explanation. In addition, here's something else people don't think about. There would be no space to pop itself into existence. In other words, the universe could not 
have created itself. And it can't do that. There's no matter there for the Big Bang, folks. We know from good science and logic, from nothing, nothing comes. So the universe could not have created itself in order to get the mass or matter there for the Big Bang. And if there's no space there, there's no place to pop yourself into existence. So the whole idea of the universe created itself is not scientific and it is not even logical. But yet, what some Christians do to get around this is to say, God created the first matter and then used the Big Bang for his process. I have a challenge to those who make that statement. Where in the Bible do you find this? I'll let you know. It is not in the Bible, and we are told not to add to God's Word. Well, some Christians will counter. Since the Bible does not state how God created, He could have used the Big Bang. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a false statement. Because the Bible does teach how God created. We just need to read the Bible. Too many Christians are being swayed by the world. And we need to make God's Word our authority. In Genesis chapter 1, it says at least 10 times, it makes a statement, and God said. Right there is telling us God spoke everything to existence by his great power. In Psalms 33, verses 6 and 9, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. He spoke, and it was done. Hebrews 11:3, it was created by the word of God. See, it is very simple here. God is all-powerful. He spoke it into existence out of nothing. Let's stop limiting to God to what we can do. Let's let God be God and he can create things out of nothing. So the problem number one is the origin universe. You have to have something there to go bang before it can go bang. Problem number two is galaxy formation. The Big Bang cannot explain the origin of galaxies. It's never been observed. All we have is speculation. Marcus Chown, astrophysicist, makes this statement. We have no direct evidences of how galaxies were formed or how galaxies evolved. All we know is speculation. That's all they can give us is speculation, but no observable evidence at all for how galaxies can form. Problem number three with the Big Bang is star formation. See, the Big Bang cannot explain the origin of stars. No one has ever observed a star form. All we have is speculation. The standard story is given in the high school textbooks says this. As stars form in much the same manner as the sun did, the formation of a star begins with a cloud of interstellar gas and dust called a nebula, which collapses on itself as a result of its own gravity. The condensed object will become a new star. Folks, this is not science. That is not good science at all. So what they're saying is we get these large clouds that rotate around and begin to gravitationally collapse inward based on the density of the gas, and it gets denser and denser, continues to collapse, and forms a new star. That has never, ever been observed. The facts are this. Yes, those great big gas clouds called nebula do rotate around, and they will begin to gravitationally collapse inward based on the rotation. But as they do so, they generate heat pressure. And we can measure this. That heat pressure is always stronger than the gravity and will always cause that cloud to expand outward. Let's take a look at what the scientists have to say. Don DeYoung, PhD in physics. The complete birth of a star has never been observed. Jason Lyle, PhD in astrophysics, states, It, star formation, has never been observed, nor could it truly be observed since the process is supposed to take hundreds or thousands of years. 
Gas in space is very resistant to being compressed into a star. Compression of gas causes increase in magnetic field strength, gas pressure, and angular momentum. Charles Latta, astronomer, Harvard Center for Astrophysics. Despite its spectacular success in explaining the life histories and deaths of stars, the theory of stellar evolution is incomplete in a very fundamental aspect. It is not able to account for the origin of stars. There you have it. We don't have a clue how stars form. And also, there are many, many scientists out there who do not believe in the Big Bang. The Big Bang story, they say, speculates that in the beginning there was no matter, just energy. Just as the universe expanded, matter was created from energy. However, when matter is created from energy, it also produces something called antimatter. Now, antimatter is something very rare. We're not talking science fiction here. There's matter and antimatter. For example, what is antimatter? It's the same matter except the charges of the particles are opposite. For example, in matter, the proton has a positive charge. In antimatter, the antiproton has a negative charge. The problem for the Big Bang is that equal amounts of matter and antimatter should exist, but the visible universe is composed of almost entirely matter. In May 2004, a letter about the Big Bang signed by 405 scientists stated, this is what they're talking about, the Big Bang. An open exchange of ideas is not tolerated. And the Big Bang today relies on a growing number of hypothetical entities, things which we have never observed. So why do so many people in church today want to insert the Big Bang into the Bible? There are several reasons. Number one, some in church believe evolution is true. That's, we have a problem in Christian education on that one. Some have never heard the truth about the Big Bang. There's another problem in Christian education. Some want to be friends with the world. In other words, the Bible's not their authority. Their friendship with the world is. And some just don't believe the Bible is real history, especially the book of Genesis. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm sad to say, that's being taught in a lot of our Christian universities, that Genesis is not real history. So what about this Big Bang? Well, let's take a look at this. It's, it's not based on what the Bible teaches. It is not compatible with the Bible. So what can we conclude? Well, we saw there's only two options. Either we were created by a creator God, all things, or we all, everything evolved by naturalistic processes. You've been listening to Defending the Faith. Next week, we'll be discussing another new topic. We do appreciate your feedback. You can contact us via email at info, that's I-N-F-O, at creationtraining.org. You can support this ministry. You can send your donations to CTI, that's CTI, Post Office Box 2415, Eagle, Idaho, 83616. So you can send your checks, money orders, to CTI at Post Office Box 2415, Eagle, Idaho, 83616. Or you can go to our website and donate online. So what can we conclude with all this? And I'm going to conclude with something we read in Psalm 33, 6, and 9. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters of the sea together as a heap. He lays up the deep in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord, and all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. Thank you, and God bless you. Mm -hmm.